0: Hello there. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Christina, and we are relatively, relatively dark. dark. Welcome to our podcast, Sister. Hey. As I said in our last episode, our sister Christina is filling in for me and Casey today. She's taking my episode, and Casey is not here. She's taking a hiatus. <laughs> so, Tina is going to present a case to us today. Yes. Or something. First of all, dark. thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited. I hope I do the podcast justice. You will. Have you listened to it? <laughs> You'll do fine. You'll do fine. Okay, so today's case is about a cult. Ooh, we haven't had a cult yet. It's called Heaven's Gate Cult. I've heard of this, but I, ha- I don't have any idea of any of the details <clears throat> other than the name. Well, I'll give you as many details as I can. That would be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's kind of the point. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start off with giving you a little background on one of the leaders. Okay. Marshall Hurf Applewhite, Jr. was born on May 17, 1931 in Spur, Texas. That's oh. a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. Um, his mother was Louise Applewhite, and his father was Marshall Hurf Applewhite, Sr. Okay. His father was a preacher. So, of course, he grew up learning certain beliefs, which later influenced his actions as the leader of Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. He attended many universities and served in the Army. He did some theater work and sang opera. But he had a very nice voice. See, you could have went a totally different way with it, my dude. (laughs) And I'm assuming he went the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) He did, unfortunately. He was very well liked by others. They always are. Yeah. Um, He married in 1952, and they had two children. Okay. He struggled with his sexuality. And he had affairs with men, and that led to their divorce. Shocker. Yep. In 1968, he talked to his father about, you know, being attracted to men and things like that. And, of course, his father being a preacher. Yeah, I'm guessing he didn't like that. (laughs) Yeah. And them being being from Texas. Yeah. And the time. Yeah. So, you know, we can imagine how that made Applewhite feel. Yeah. When his dad was, you know. Didn't accept it. Right. (laughs) Words are hard. (laughs) They are. (laughs) But I can do hard things. (laughs) Um, His father then passed away in 1971, and then Applewhite became severely depressed. He fell ill, and he wound up in the hospital, which is where he met a nurse by the name of Bonnie Nettles. Bonnie Nettles. And this is the... Like, co-leader of Heavenscape. Okay. They became friends, and they talked about mysticism. Mysticism. Which is what? Mysticism is becoming one with God or having insight or knowledge of hidden truths. So, is that kind of like being a prophet, in a sense, kind of along the same lines? Yeah. Okay. And while they talked about those types of things, it led them to conclude that they must be divine messengers. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> so... <laughs> Uh, when Applewhite got out of the hospital, they had their own little bookstore for a while. And then they started traveling a lot and talking to others about their views. In 1975, while traveling in California and Oregon, they gained a group of followers. And they convinced these people to leave their families and homes and move to Colorado with them. Okay. This is where things begin to get a little weird.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. As I
0: was going to say, it feels like it's <clears throat> escalating very quickly. Like they did this, they did this, and then before you knew it. Yeah. Applewhite and Nettles, who are now going by the names Doe and Tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they convinced these followers a spacecraft will be coming and would take them to heaven. They were manipulated and controlled, like most cults. Mm-hmm. They were told what to eat, when to sleep, when to wake up. Everything they did was structured and on a schedule. They would sit for hours listening to Applewhite and Nettles talk. They all had the same haircut as Applewhite. Oh my gosh. They wore the same kind of clothes. Their individualities were stripped. Yeah. Applewhite didn't want anyone to have sexual relations in the group. He believed they needed to keep their bodies pure. He just wants like a bunch of mini-me's running around. And it's... Sorry if you hear a le- little... A linging. Sorry if you hear a little... little linging. It's the doorbell. Just ignore it. It's fine. They all were considered like the same gender or they had no gender. Oh, okay. So everything they put in their body was good stuff and they would take like enemas and stuff to get rid of all the bad bad stuff. Do you think that like him wanting none blah him not wanting any of them to like identify as a certain gender or whatever was because of him struggling with his own sexuality? I believe that it and had to that do was a part lot of it. Yeah. With it. And, like, as far as, like, sexual relationships and stuff like that, I think that had a big part of yeah, not wanting them to participate in anything like that. Because he felt like how he felt was wrong. And then, I guess he thought everybody else couldn't do it either. Yeah. So. If he if he feels wrong for, you know, wanting to do what he wants to do, then nobody else is going to be doing any of that either. <laughs> yeah. So, now we're jumping to 1983. Okay. Um, Nettles. Which is T. His wife. Bonnie. It's not his wife. Of the, oh, the okay. His co-leader. He was married before, but this one isn't. No. He got married and then they divorced because, because of, his of his sexuality. S- and then he met her. Yeah. Okay. In the hospital. Right. Um, Nettles was diagnosed with cancer. She had her eye removed, but it had spread through the rest of her body and worsened. Mm-hmm. So she ended up dying in 1985. That's sad. But she wasn't a nice lady. Uh, I'm not saying she should have died, but... (laughs) It's a little less sad. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It's a little less sad, yeah. Of course, Applewhite didn't take that very well. His beliefs and control became darker, and that led some of the members to leave the group. Yeah. And under Applewhite's suggestion, some of the men had themselves castrated to remove sexual desires. Okay. That's very drastic. Yes, which Applewhite did this to himself as well. He did it to himself? No. He didn't. Okay. Wow. He was castrated as well. Okay. We're going to jump to 1995. Okay. And that the the discovery. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) You fit in perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) The discovery of the comet Hellbop. Convinced the group that a spacecraft was coming, and it was hidden behind the comet. Hellbop? Hellbop, yeah. H <laughs> A L E B O P P. It's a funny name. Really weird thing. They believed Bonnie Nettles was in the spacecraft and was coming back to get them. I was just about to say she was, <laughs> she was, like, commanding the spacecraft. This is what you they said believed. said it was going to get weird. Yeah, yeah. So. Um. So, yes, they believed that. Okay, that was in 1995. Okay, in 1996, Applewhite rented a mansion for himself and his followers in Rancho Santa Fe. Okay. The, some of the group members started getting jobs because they started to wrote, run low on funds. <laughs> so they needed <laughs> to work to make money. Makes sense. Because the end, as they knew it, was mm-hmm. nearing, they started to try to recruit. Regroup. <laughs> oh my gosh. Recruit. <laughs> I'm Groot. New members, but don't have much luck. So they turned to the internet to help them get the word out. White told people that the millennium was the beginning of the apocalypse. And the only chance people had to evacuate was with them. Okay. On their spacecraft. Okay. That was going to be driven by by <laughs> Even though like how bizarre and crazy and just loony all of this sounds, it's really, really sad as well because Yeah, because all these people really believed this. Because of this man. Yeah. And what what happened later it's a very, very sad thing. That's what's so sad about cults is these people will be, you know, live their whole life for this purpose that this one person or these two people or whatever have convinced them to believe is true. And it's just, it's just sad. It People is. People suck sometimes. They do. People like a, lot, suck of a lot of the times. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the times. Okay, so since the end was nearing, the group took like, kind of like a road trip to experience certain things one last time. I think they went to like a donut shop. I think they went to SeaWorld just to do like some things I guess they thought they would miss maybe. Like, or they were enjoying the the world that they're living in yeah or checking off a little <laughs> off the bucket, bucket list, list yeah. or something yeah i don't know if a donut shop would be like my first choice well, maybe they didn't get to eat a lot of donuts because well they yeah because <laughs> they had to their bodies this. clean and that's true i'd miss donuts i would too i'd miss dunkin donuts i like any kind of donuts just <laughs> give me a donut <laughs> um uh. <could> you, sorry <laughs> Um, they bought the same exact type of shoes. Um, they all got black Nikes. Mm-hmm. They sewn their own outfits that were the same. They were kind of like they sewed, like you know, they sewn. Is that the past tense? I, I think it is. S e w n. I think there was one time where I said sewed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I have my moments. I think they were kind of similar to Star Trek. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, well, they were making, like, their own, like, space Uniform ship thing. Suits, yeah. Or yeah. uniforms. And they, they sold a, uh, I just said so. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. They sewn a Heaven's Gate patch on all of them. Mm-hmm. So, now we're going to get to the really sad part, which is the end. <laughs> okay. So, on March 26, 1997... The police are informed of an anonymous call about a mass suicide. Oh, no. The police go to check it out and find 39 bodies. They were really confused because the house was so clean and nothing was out of place. People were just laying in beds, wearing the same clothes, the same shoes, and they all had a purple shroud draped over their faces. Hmm. Do you know what a shroud is? No. I didn't know what it was. (laughs) I I have an idea, but you tell me, because if I'm wrong, I don't want to sound stupid. (laughs) It's a cloth that a dead person is wrapped in, like, for burial. Oh, okay. It It was just draped over, like, their upper body. The police continued to investigate and look through the house. They found steps written down on how they were going to carry out their plan. Okay. There was a list with group numbers and names under them. There were three groups. Group three would assist group two. Group two would assist group one. Okay. They all ingested phenobarbital. Phenobarbital, which is a sedative mixed with alcohol, which I think was vodka they mixed it with. Mm. I actually think some of them put it in pudding. Mm. Like, mixed it with pudding and ate it. And I think some, like, mixed it with applesauce. Yeah. And ate it. And I think some just drank it. Mm. A check mark was put by their name after they had taken the mixture, and an X by their name when they were confirmed in. That's really sad. It's like business-like, like when you're hosting an event and everybody has their this has been done, this hasn't been done, their checklist of stuff to do, very structured and organized, yeah, thought out. It's just sad. It's it like it's so very impersonal. Yes, it is. People believe that this all happened over the course of three days. Okay. So, within those three days, there were this group of people helping this group of people commit suicide. Oh, and this so when pe- you this group said of people yeah. group two helped group one, group three helped group two, they helped them carry out the act. Yes. That's sad. And I think a lot of it ha- also had to do with making sure that the people who said they were going to do it Did actually it. went through with it. Yeah. God, that's sad. Um, Applewhite was found in his big room he had his own big room it's a big room was it a big bed. room yes it was a big room was but it large <laughs> it was a, f- a good size it was a big room It was, it was a mega room <laughs> a mega room everybody else because there was
1: 39, 39 of them
0: they all had like their own like twin size bed i think there was bunk beds and yeah and then they had somewhere on mattresses that were just in the floor yeah and he had his own room. Of course he did. And it was filled with artwork and things like that on the walls and everything else in the house. The walls were bare. So that's why all nothing. those people had to get jobs so he could have all that stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I think he was just the leader. And yeah. he knew it all. And supposedly. Led them all to believe how he believed. And yeah. they lost all of like their individuality and their personality and who they were. Yeah, to just they basically started living and just just to serve his purpose, consumed their life and their minds with his teachings or you know his beliefs. Yeah, that's like all they thought about and cared about at that time. Yeah, yeah, he was in his big room all by <laughs> himself. Okay, and they said two of the followers assisted him with the suicide after all the others had died. And then after he passed, they consumed the concoction themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing these were, this was two people that he trusted, I guess, to finish carrying out the plan after he had gone and everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to talk about this anonymous caller. Okay. Because, you know, the police got the tip from the anonymous caller. Right, right, right. About the mass suicide. There was a check-in and check-out sheet that was used by the group. And there was one person on that list that had not checked out. Okay. So they found him, but he was sent to, or by Applewhite to give the police a VHS tape. Oh, gosh. Um, This tape had members saying their final goodbyes, and where they also praised Applewhite and thanked him. Oh, my gosh. They all said they were doing what they were doing out of their own free will. So, basically, Applewhite did that to, like, keep his name from being tarnished, basically to cover his own butt. Like, you do this and make sure you let him know that you're choosing to do this, you're doing it your own free will, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because, and the police officers actually said, you know, this wasn't a mass suicide. This was one suicide in, what? 39 other murders? 38 38 murders. murders. Yeah, exactly. Which could not be more true. Mm-hmm. The 2020 episode that I watched on this, The Cult Next Door, The Mystery and Madness of Heaven's Gate, there's interviews with the families of some of the members. Mm -hmm. And it gives some more insight into the individuals that joined the group, kind of like who they were before and what their life was like before and stuff. Yeah, Um, because some people left their children, you know, their their partners their husband and their wife or yeah i mean they leave their entire life behind yeah there's also some interviews with some of the past members the members that had left oh okay so i mean of course i couldn't get into like all that or we'd be here all day and then some (laughs) but if you want to know more about how this affected the people that were in it and experienced it then that would be good to watch 2020. And, um, that's all I got for you. That's sad. It's very sad. I feel like 90% of the cults you hear about, if not more, is always preparing for the end times. Mm-hmm. The apocalypse is coming. This and that. I will, that is the first one I've heard of that's because of a spaceship. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they thought whenever, like, the people that had left that f- believed in that, you know, so wholeheartedly when nothing came of it and they saw how it ended i'm sure they were really sad yeah just thinking about all the people that really did believe it and people that they probably got just close bought to. into apple white's madness madness yeah <laughs> i don't necessarily want to say it was a good story but it was an interesting story mm-hmm. it was a interesting story <laughs> <laughs> can't think of another word but yeah i enjoyed it well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. But I hope everybody else enjoyed it. We're going to have to have you back on here sometime. Maybe, yeah. And sh- she was full of nerves, everybody. But she did good. This is her first time ever recording anything. And it was a struggle, so. I was on the struggle bus. Yeah. We have, like, VIP passes to the struggle <laughs> bus. <laughs> huh. Uh, But, yeah, if um anybody has any thoughts, case suggestions, stuff they want us to cover uh send all of those and personal stories to relatively dark podcast at gmail.com and follow us on instagram at relatively dark podcast and join our facebook group which is also relatively dark podcast uh i guess that's it already thanks for listening bye guys bye bye Goodbye.